Welcome to part two of this week's episode where we interview Noah Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast. My man Noah knows everything there is about all the Sunbelt teams, not just Georgia State, but all of our opponents. We talk about all of that. We talk about the Sunbelt in general. We have a really good time talking with Noah. He knows uh, quite a bit. So enjoy it, please, and uh, let us know what you think. Check out his podcast, uh, him and Caden's podcast, Frary and Smith as well. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are here with Noah uh, Frary of the Frary and Smith podcast to talk about uh, the Sun Belt. Noah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, guys, excited to uh, chop it up, talk some Sun Belt, and more importantly, some Georgia State football here tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I was not aware of your podcast. You've been, you guys have been doing it for a year now. I was not aware of it until just a couple of months ago. Uh, but you've been covering the, the Sun Belt this entire time. Just tell me a little bit about uh, the podcast, how you got started, and um, what people can expect from listening to you guys. Yeah, so I'm a, you know, a play-by-play broadcaster. I do a lot with the Sun Belts. And, you know, as the league has started to grow, there was kind of a, there's a, a vacuum, uh, a need of, uh, you know, coverage of the entire league. I mean, obviously, you guys have talked about it, I'm sure, on the podcast. Like, the, the Power 5 teams get a ton of coverage. The Group of 5, not as much. Uh, and so we stepped into kind of that void back in uh, September of last year and began covering. We'll record our 110th episode, I think, in a, in a week. And, you know, we spend time throughout the season, you know, previewing, recapping what's happened on that weekend holistically across the league. We also bring on some of the league's top student athletes. And then we're really the only Sunbelt football podcast that goes year round. So we spent a lot of time during the offseason kind of talking about the league. We reviewed everyone's uh, season. We had Commissioner Gill on as well. So our goal kind of is, is just to further promote this league. There's so many great teams, so many great athletes and stories that are just not being told. And uh, we feel like we're stepping into that gap and and we're really excited about what the future holds of uh, the Ferrari and Smith podcast. Yeah. One thing that I've uh, come to notice having done this now for uh, our podcast for a couple of years is uh, like you said, you get um, uh, not a lot of national coverage for G5 conferences. Uh, and like, I try to find uh, you know, an opposing team's podcast to talk about before uh, games, which is great. It's really easy. I've got a guy from Rhode Island. There's a Rhode Island podcaster that we're going to have on next week to talk about our game. But where I have a hard time is when we play those P5 matchups. You don't see podcasts for a lot of P5 programs because they are getting the national content and you just yeah, they've, have got a, they've got a radio program <laughs> exactly they have a yeah. network they have, they have all that kind of stuff so there's not a lot of fans feeling the need to do that so uh i kind of like this aspect of it because you kind of get more of a, a grassroots closer to the program feel for everything uh you guys have been uh interviewing all the head coaches you're supposed to have coach elliott today but uh, you've been doing all the sunbelt coaches how's that going yeah, it's been really neat. Uh, again, we're the only podcast out there doing it, and we've had uh, we dropped our tenth tenth of fourteen uh, yesterday on uh, with App State's head coach Sean Clark. Uh, we've got I'm talking with Sean Elliott tomorrow. That episode drops Friday, uh, and then we've got you know Ricky Ronnie at Old Dominion and Butch Jones to kind of round this out. We're dropping Terry Bowden tomorrow, so it's been really neat just to kind of get the you know, the pulse from uh, around the league of all these different teams. Everyone thinks they're going to win the conference championship right now, <laughs> including Georgia State. I'm sure I'll hear that tomorrow. But uh, it's been no, no, kind 20, of... 25's our year. Yes, that's that's <laughs> probably true. Yep. But yeah, it's been really neat just kind of talking with each one of the head coaches and, and kind of getting the heartbeat because, you know, we're not able to travel to all of these, you know, these places every year. Uh, and so I've really appreciated the access, just the willingness. And again, so many of these teams, because they're not getting that level of coverage, have been willing to, uh, you know, give us uh, their time very liberally. And I've, and we've greatly appreciated that. 
Excellent. Now, when you talk to the coaches, do you get any colorful answers or are they more or less coach speak, just media days <laughs> repeated? Yeah, you know, I think what's been neat is, you know, as we start to build those relationships, like there is the ability to get some more of those answers. I did get uh, just the the third ever cuss word on the podcast from Kurt Signetti. <laughs> so that was great. Uh, big surprise. <laughs> nice. The only thing that I was frustrated is he saved the F-bomb for once we went off air. Uh, <laughs> but Coach, Coach Elliott might be your fourth. Yeah, well, we, we will uh, we'll certainly <laughs> see. Uh, but yeah, no, we have been able to kind of get to the root. And even too, like we're able to spend a little bit of time, like once we get off air, really talking to them and kind of getting to know them and their programs, which is then stuff that like we can bring into our audience. So yeah, I mean, we have been able to cut through on some of those things. I've still yet to get a team to come on and announce their starting quarterback on the podcast, but that is certainly a, a goal in the future. Well, Coach Elliott will definitely tell you that Darren Granger will be starting yes. for Georgia State. So I you're, hope so. you're good there. It's funny you asked that question, Tim, because literally the next question I had was, uh, have any coaches stood out to you or is it just coach speak from everybody? So we're on the same page. <laughs> That's funny. We're on the same page there. Well, so uh, just, a, just a hint, like when you're talking to Coach Elliott, though, um, start going outside of coaching stuff because he will open up about personal stuff and the, the guy's a hoot. He's got yeah, a lot of stories. I, I've definitely been told he has a, a good personality. We were supposed to talk to him uh, this afternoon, but he had a doctor's appointment pop up. So uh, thankfully, uh, we were able to get that rescheduled and looking forward to chopping it up with him tomorrow and dropping that episode Friday. I kind of like to judge people because I'm a, a narcissist and a jerk, but I like to judge people on whether or not I would want to have a beer with them. And Coach <laughs> Elliott, Coach Elliott is definitely one of those guys that whether you like him or hate him, you want to have a beer with him. He's well, a fun yeah, guy to talk to. Many beers with him, and it's all been fun. Yeah, it's all I, been good times. I, if I was you guys, though, I just would not want him to get like angry, drunk, and then headbutt you afterwards because oh, yeah. like we would all be <laughs> losing in that battle. You don't let it get carried away. You yes. One or two <laughs> beers, and you go your separate ways. Yeah, I love it. Was, uh, just just a week or two ago, there was one of those off-season content poll rankings, and they're like, coaches you don't want to get into a fight with out of all 133. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Coach Elliott made top 25, and it's, it's justified. Oh, it's clearly. really, really justified. So. Well, and in, in our private chat, when that questionnaire came out about the coaches' favorite bands or whatever, and you know, Coach Elliott was Foo Fighters, and we got in our private chat, and some of our patrons were, were talking about how scary it would be to be, like, in a mosh pit with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so, uh, unfortunately, your partner in crime, Caden Smith, was not able to join us tonight. He had some stuff come up, uh, but he is former uh, Appy State uh, guy, right? Uh, so you get a little bit of extra bonus credence with that, right? Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, when when we started this podcast, I, I cover the league, you know, from a play-by-play perspective, but having someone who's played in this league, uh, you know, I mean, when we get talking about, you know, the coastal app rivalries, he, you know, we'll get talking about app coming down and playing uh, at Georgia State and, and just being able to bring that perspective, uh, bring that perspective as a former player is really neat. So I, I've greatly enjoyed that relationship. I wish he could have joined tonight. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, but um, that's been a game changer, and I, I think it uh, has further just brought credibility to what we're doing. Uh, he can get a little bit biased when we talk App State football, <laughs> so we try to keep that to like certain episodes. But for the most part, uh, he's done a pretty fantastic job of covering the league in a non-biased manner. Well, it's pretty easy to uh, talk about your program when you're beating most of the teams. That's so. fair. One That's day we'll fair. see. We got our win loss predictions, and mine is I, I've told them now my my prediction for Appy is going to be a loss until we can prove otherwise. At this yeah, point, yeah, you still uh, you still haven't beat them yet, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, no reason I think it's going to change. I know it will change some someday. We're going to get them, but like this is the year, we, Ryan. This, this we've is the year. So, but I'm not going to predict it until <laughs> I see it. We've like been the closest as close as you can get with 
barely losing. Like we, they just find a way at the end to just take the lead every single time. We think we're going to get the W. So. Well, that's says Coach Elliott's from uh, Appy State, and he yeah. just kind of gives him the game at the end. He's like, so. fine, oh. you can have it. <laughs> or, or, or like last year where you just get blown out from the start. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm on the it state of Atlanta close. podcast. Sorry. <laughs> it was if, if I I mean it was very, very cold, and we've been drinking very, very heavily up there. But as I recall, it was actually close in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into uh Georgia State and the Sunbelt opponents here. So what yeah, what what is your take on uh as, as someone who covers all the teams in the Sunbelt, what is your take on Georgia State going into this season? Yeah, Georgia State's really hard to read. I, I love Darren Granger. Uh, you know, he he's such a fantastic quarterback. I, I like what you guys, or what Georgia State rather, has going on in the running back room. I mean, you're losing a Tucker Gregg and a Jam Williams, but, uh, you know, you, you bring back some running backs there. Uh, wide receiver to me is a little bit of a question mark early on. I, I like uh, like a Robert Lewis, I think, uh, you know, can make a big impact uh, this season potentially, but um, you know, defensively, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that group. I think the linebacker core uh, could be really special this year. Uh, I love some of the pieces in that secondary, although you've lost some guys. So this is kind of a tough team for me to read right now. We've, you know, seen this team get off to slow starts every year. I think they could probably get off to a little bit faster of a start this year. But what's so hard right now in the Sun Belt is you just look at the gauntlet that is the Sun Belt East. I, I mean, Tell me a week where there is a week off. I mean, you might be able to say <laughs> Old Dominion, but try telling Coastal Carolina that last year. So, um, you know, there's just well, so trash, many. Trash down, trash down South. Yeah, yeah. there, there you go. Yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a few moments. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's just so many good teams that it's so hard to judge. Um, and, you know, I think Georgia State has a path to potentially – get to a bowl game this year, but uh, there, you know, some things are going to have to swing in their favor. It's just such a gauntlet and there's just not many easy wins when you also account scheduling some power fives. Well, yeah, don't talk to Breck McMurphy because he thinks ODU is going to uh, a bowl game and Georgia state is not. I'm not sure how, but we're going to beat them. (laughs) (laughs) It'll it'll be one of, one of their, uh, was it five? One of no, when there's seven losses. I don't know. Uh, That's that's why you have me on this podcast instead of Brett. No, no. What does that guy know anyways? Right. He just makes it all, (laughs) makes it all up. So uh, what do you, what do you think about Georgia state as a member in the conference? You know, we have a lot of fans that feel strongly one way or the other about it. You know, it's the only urban campus. Uh, It's, by far the largest university. Uh, what? How do you think it fits into the the demographics of, of Sunbelt? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the one area that you have to touch on when you're when you're looking at that is, is fan support, and I think that's probably something you guys have talked about that you want to continue to see grow. I think that's why podcasts are like this are so important. Um, you know, Georgia State does have one of the largest alumni bases, one of the largest student populations, but that has not translated into drawing in football. Um, this is a team too that I, I do feel like has the pieces that that they could, if if things were put together in the right manner, uh, could really start to be a threat in that in that Sun Belt, you know, East and really the Sun Belt as a whole. Uh, the one thing my podcast host Kate or co-host rather, Caden Smith, talks a lot about is we all know the the football rich talent that is in the state of Georgia. Uh, but you know, obviously you're fighting teams like a Georgia Southern. I know you guys don't like me to say that, but a Georgia Southern, (laughs) a a Georgia tech, a a Georgia, there's just, 
so many good uh, football teams in that state. I, you know, if we're being honest, the one thing I would actually love to see is I would have loved to see and find a way to get Georgia State in the Sun Belt West. Like, I think that would be oh, fun. No. Um, I just I think that it would give us give you guys some opportunities for some additional wins, because I think that your win total can be hurt a little bit because of some of the teams that you're consistently having to play. If you guys were playing the Arkansas States, the ULMs, the Texas States every year. I think that the win totals would be dramatically higher at Georgia State because I do think this is a good football team, and I do think given the right situation, this is a team that can make some noise in this league. Yeah, that is one thing that you know, you know, people talk about realignment and expansion and whatnot, and obviously ECU tends to be the top of the list about the team that they want to see join the Sun Belt, and it makes sense uh, for Sun Belt. I don't know, I don't know if it makes sense for for the ECU, uh, but yeah, that if that happens, that pushes Georgia State into right. the West, something that I don't want to see. That being said, there are some positives about Georgia State going into the West. One, uh, trash down south. Screw those guys. Don't see them every year. Uh, <laughs> we we but, still but, see but, them every year, though. There's that a is deal that, on the table that that would that would be our like inter division rival or whatever. Or we just get rid of divisions together altogether. Uh, yeah, we could just get yeah, rid I'm of all for trash that. down south altogether. Yeah, well, <laughs> we we. We have a, a better record against the Trash Down South than we do any other program. So I guess uh, keeping them on the schedule is not too bad. But then also Troy. Troy is the closest uh, Sunbelt uh, program, uh, and we don't get to play them every single year. That makes yeah. no sense to me. It, it, we should be playing Troy being as close as we are. South Alabama, not too far. Uh, we've got a little bit of a budding rivalry with Lafayette, uh, more so basketball than football. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see what you're saying. It would beef up the win totals. The West is uh, definitely has like that one hot team typically yeah, whereas to, the east to, to has be a lot the best you got to beat the best right so you got to be that's in that fair. league with the better better teams anyway you got to be in their division so i mean that's how you that's how you get uh recruiting and all that stuff so you know that's wrong do, do you see no do you see the sunbelt moving to just one conference no division I don't. I mean, at least not in the time being. Uh, Commissioner Gill, every time, you know, I've spoken with him, we've heard mm -hmm. him speak publicly, has been very for, you know, the, the divisionality aspect of this. And I think it's kind of one last maybe nose in the face of people who are trying to change college football because, you know, the one fun aspect of the divisions is it does further lean into that regional rivalry aspect and that component that we're talking about. So, um, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I mean, maybe if there were additional teams uh, that join the league in the future, you might have to start to consider that. And, you know, I mean, the other aspect that plays into this, and, and this is one of the areas that, that I talk about a lot, is I do think that the Sun Belt needs to do a better job of trying to protect certain teams from the standpoint of if we can get, if the Sun Belt can get a team into the college football playoff potentially, unless that just completely changes in the future, that is a way for a lot of revenue to be generated and then pumped into the league, which helps everybody. Uh, and so I do think that finding ways to maybe protect some of your top teams, particularly in the East in years to come, um, might be something that's interesting. And so maybe that would be an argument for changing that divisional aspect. But uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, because I can what? see from expansion, like before we added all the teams, we were feeling pretty good. We're like, we're on the up and up. You know, the East isn't, you know, impossible outside of App State and obviously Coastal Carolina coming up. But, you know, when we added the all the additional teams that like we all on the podcast looked at. I was like, man, this just got way harder to yeah. win the division <laughs> like exponentially. 
I like the idea of if we were to add an ECU going from having two divisions to having three divisions, having your your Carolina, Virginia schools in one division and then your uh, Georgia, Alabama and I guess Southern Miss in one and then everybody else out there in, in a Western division. And then just this conference championship would be the, the two best uh, team, two best records or something like that or something. I don't know. That's just um yeah, it'd be fascinating to see. I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon, but it, it certainly yeah. gives us plenty of things to talk about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't want to go. We don't need to go through every single Sunbelt opponent we have this season. But, uh, you know, we open up the season on a short week at Coastal. Uh, you know, they've lost their head. Chadwell's gone on to Liberty, but McCall is back. Uh we I don't know if you if you paid attention to this, but between the, the coastal and the Georgia State series, the home team has never won. So we're playing up there. So we feel like statistically we were supposed to win this game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, it's funny. A lot of people have kind of written off this coastal team because you lose guys like Jamie Chadwell and kind of that whole staff. There was obviously some key departures in the offseason. Josiah Stewart heads up to Michigan. And, uh, you know, there was a number of other guys that left the program as well. But Man, when I look at this Coastal team, I look at a team that still has their core together on offense. They're bringing back, obviously, Grayson McCall. He does not need any further explanation on this <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, you have arguably the best wide receiver room in the conference with Sam Pinckney, Jared yeah, Brown. From Georgia State. Stop, stop reminding us about Sam Pinckney. <laughs> Why would he have left? That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, so you have a great uh, wide receiver room there. You have four solid running backs. Offensive line might be a little bit of a question, but I think that offense is going to be dynamic. The big question is, can that defense kind of regroup? Because last year at the end of the year, we all know how that story went. They were they were brutal. Uh, they were not good at all. I think the coaching staff feels like there's going to be some gains and improvements there. Uh, the one thing that they spent a lot of time this offseason was just getting stronger, being more physical, because they have seen it clearly over the last couple of years, a drop-off at the end of the season. So I think Coastal's a tough opponent. Uh, you know, again, I, I think any time that you 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 get on a gridiron football field, as you've said, the home team has never won. Uh, anything can happen. I think that's an uphill battle for Georgia State to win that game. Do I think that they can be in that game and keep it close uh, until maybe into that fourth quarter? Uh, I think that's what you can ask. And then once you get into that fourth quarter and it's close, anything can happen at that point. I would say uh, for them too, so, they have to, uh, for them, they're going to have to, they look at our game as a must win because at, right after that, they have three away games that aren't yeah. easy and the home game with Marshall that is not going to be easy for them to tiptoe through. So they're looking at our first matchup. They For them, it, it's almost a must win because that's a hard slate after that. Yeah, and, it's a, and, and let's just be honest, guys. When we look at how teams were picked in the preseason, this is a team that Coastal you know, should probably beat. Uh, they will be favored going into this matchup. Um, but, you know, as, as Georgia State has clearly proven over the years, uh, you put them in an underdog type of situation and just ask Tennessee what happens. That's exactly. True. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and mark that one down. Noah says we win. At I, I think, I think, All I think right. The big question so. in that game is, is, you know, can McCall stay healthy? through that many games he's an old man he's injury prone yeah. already and like you know i mean you know, i will what, tell you i I, I stood next to grayson mccall at media days he's gained about 20 pounds uh he is in better shape than i have ever seen him i really do think that we might have not seen the best of grayson mccall yet uh and given that offense i think there's a, a really good shot but yeah he has not proven that he can play a whole season 
uh, hopefully, and, and this is me speaking as kind of just a fan of the league, uh, I would like to see him stay healthy throughout the year because I think it creates some great football down the stretch. Of course, never never hoping for injuries. <laughs> well, you know, he may have gained 20 pounds, but Darren Granger gained 25. So like <laughs> like, like you said earlier, we win against Coastal. Granger danger. <laughs> I love Darren Granger. Granger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a fun guy. We, I do we, now, uh, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, oh, Ryan is all in on Darren Granger this season. He, this is going to be his breakout year. I've been so. a naysayer for all the, every year he's played so far, and now I'm like, I'm on, I'm on the Granger. We're train. all in. I said he's going to break. I said he's going to break out last year. It didn't happen. He was, it was well, about the same as the prior year. But the sad thing is, when you actually look at Darren Granger's stats, I feel like he goes underappreciated because. I mean, the guy puts up stats comparable to a running back as well as a quarterback. Yep. And I mean, that's why he, I mean, when we ranked our, our quarterbacks in the league during the off season, he was sitting at number three for us right now. Uh, and I don't think that many people could argue with that. Uh, mm. So he, he's certainly been uh, a, a very nice piece that Georgia State's had. I just want to see, I wish that they could surround him with a little bit more talent on offense consistently. We do too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought his stats um were like o- over positioned him basically. His stats were way better than like what the actual game time was because there's all kinds of scenarios, right, where you're on third and whatever, and he did just march up the field, so his stats look really good. But then you know he just goes out and like bombs and and we don't score. It's like um, <laughs> I don't know if you watched Georgia football for a long time, but like Coach Bobo, right? Everybody hated him. His stats were phenomenal. He broke all the records there. <laughs> he still got fired. <laughs> yeah, seven hundred seven hundred yards a game and uh, six points scored. That's yeah. I mean basically right. I mean you can only run it up the middle on the one yard line so many times. That's so. fair. <laughs> all right. So after Troy, you get a long week. Sorry, after after Coach, you get a long week, and then we face off in the uh, uh, the consensus number one pick in the west troy uh close game or so close teams uh we would expect a, a good crowd to come up here to atlanta for that one uh you know is is troy all that i mean they were that all that last year are they back again yeah I, i'm i'm cautiously optimistic uh that troy's back again uh you know they did lose a huge senior class including just some legendary guys after that team last year but you bring back a lot of nice pieces on offense. I'm hearing reports that they're going to play a little bit faster, a little bit more open on offense this year uh, than maybe they have in years past. You've still got Kamani Vidal. You've still got your starting quarterback. Wide receiver's a little bit of a question mark, but defense will be interesting. I was really high on this Troy defense until I found out that TJ Jackson was suspended indefinitely. Uh, that's a huge loss for them on that front. Um, that linebacking core is very young, very inexperienced. Uh, so I'm not as high on that group. When we talked with John Summerall, he felt good about that group. The back end, I, th- I still think will be strong. But to me, that's a game that I think Georgia State has a chance to get. I mean, they're playing at home. And if there's one, you know, one kind of silver lining uh, about this entire Georgia State schedule, it's that a majority of these really challenging games against some of the better teams on that side or in the conference as a whole are at home in Atlanta. Uh, I think that home field advantage is obviously a huge thing. And if Georgia State can figure out a way to bring out some fans and, and create a fun atmosphere, uh, those are fun games. And, and I think when you look at Troy, too, this is a team that has yet to really prove that they can score a ton of points. And so if Georgia State can put up some points in that game against maybe a, a defense that has taken a step back, suddenly there's a chance for them to win that football game at home. 
Another W for Georgia State. I feel like at the end of this, guys, you're going to have me saying that Georgia State's going to go 8-0. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, we'll, you see. Know, we'll, we'll see how the cards fall. We're just talking about these games. Well, wait, what do you think about LSU? No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll ask Olivia Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, we get a bye week. After. Oh, did you guys have a question about Troy at all before I move on? Not really. You just reminded me that we have a damn hard home schedule. Yes, you yes. do. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's a good all thing right, so. we all know how to cook really well and hey, like, have a good all, time. All I'm going to say is the Sun Belt did you guys a favor with the home schedule. It should make it easy for your ticketing office. Oh, David, go for it. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I talk too much about scheduling. No one and I talked a little bit about that before you got on, right? Oh, so, uh, all right. So, uh, after Troy, we get a chance to lick our wounds into the, an early bye week, and we host uh, Marshall. Uh, Marshall was one of the schools I was actually really excited about joining the Sun Belt when they yep. came in. Uh, them and Southern Miss, uh, the, they were the two programs I think really provide a lot of more legitimacy to the, the conference. Uh, some, I mean, in my mind, some storied programs and everything. So uh, what do you want the, the thundering herd heading down to Atlanta? Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm on record with saying that I think Marshall is going to be the Sunbelt East Division champions this year. Wow. Um, I, I, I really... Like I I, I feel really, like your prediction here is going to uh, uh, yeah, contradict State. that. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow you guys are going to make it sound like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like that Marshall roster. Uh, I, I am on record by also saying I think Cam Fancher could take a big step forward as quarterback this year. I know that there were a lot of fans up there that felt like maybe they should go with uh, Chad Pennington's son as a starter. But I think Cam is, is going to be that week one guy. I love Rashina Lee. I think that him coming back from injury, I mean, two years ago, he ran for 23 touchdowns for crying out loud. So if he can get anything close to that, he's arguably the best running back in the league. Um, offensive line is going to look good. Defensive line will look different. But the one thing I love about that Marshall defense, they're only bringing back four starters this year, but they're bringing back a, a true star at each level. They've got Owen Porter on that D line. You've got Eli Neal at the linebacker position. And then you've got a Micah Abraham kind of in that back end playing that safety cornerback role. Um, I know that that staff is going to be able to put more pieces around him. So I love that Marshall football team. I think that they have a great chance to make some noise this year. They, you know, we're hot down the stretch last year. They won their last five games, including uh, their bowl game over UConn, who I know you guys have early on in the season. So, um, you know, to me, that's going to be a really tough game. It'll be fun. A lot of, you know, both of these teams, Georgia State and Marshall, love to run the football. And uh, it could be a real bruiser of a game in Atlanta. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I think that I feel like we're going to have a lot of Marshall fans that come down for that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you, they travel uh, extremely well. I think as far as those like numbers of returners, though, I mean, as we've seen, it's it's not necessarily how many people you can return, but who you're returning. Yeah, makes a big difference. I mean, I think last year we had our like, you know, I think it was like ten starters returning or something stupid. You know, it was like a huge number, and you know, we didn't we didn't do so hot, so <laughs> didn't pan out. Well, right, it doesn't always mean what you think it means. You know, it, I, at I least I'm with some, uh, out a lot, but I think the quality of the returners is it just makes a really big difference. At least I'm with some realistic Georgia State fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah we had, we had a few defections right yeah. to, to some other schools last year and, uh ryan tim and i we are undefeated in tailgates that's where our that's priority okay. lands. you know okay. uh, the football games are a means for us to get together as early as we can on a saturday morning <laughs> and uh 
consume some adult beverages as we uh well i'm progress. I'm excited because i've got two or three games on this year's schedule circled that i'm coming down to atlanta so and uh, i think me and Caden are gonna have to pull up to the uh state of atlanta tailgate oh hell oh, yeah man. stop yeah. on by we'll do it yeah it'll be really easy to find it's the one tailgate so. <laughs> on, the <bricks. laughs> on the bricks on the bricks on the bricks all the right brickyard. Uh, They'll tell you something oh. about a brickyard, but we don't know what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, I said I wasn't going to go by every game, but this is kind of fun. I'm enjoying doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got time, we, guys. This is fun. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, after Marshall, we head down to the Bayou to uh, Lafayette. Uh, I refuse to call them by any other name other than Lafayette. So I know that you All probably right, well, are obligated. Ooh, ooh la la is also uh, yeah. appropriate i'm sure you're obligated to use up uh, uh, other names but uh this is a this is a team like i said earlier we feel like a budding rivalry with lafayette we've never beaten them in football we've come very very close including when they were ranked uh was it number 19 after beating iowa state in 2020 i think that was uh back here in atlanta uh but now you know they they've lost uh, their coach over wait, wait, Florida went to Florida is that right? Yeah, Billy went to Florida. Correct. Went to Florida. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this game. I, I I like this one as being our first chance to get a win against uh, the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a fair assessment. Um, you know, there's definitely you know the one thing you know you mentioned Billy Napier leaving, and I think it almost went unnoticed last year was just the. Uh, the amount of talent that left that roster. Uh, there was guys that transferred out. There was also, you know, similar to um, a Troy, like from this past year, there was a huge senior class that left as well. Uh, and so for them to be able to do what they did last year, despite the talent um, drop-off, I think was huge for that program in the first year under Michael Desermo. It kind of, it goes a little bit unnoticed because there's been such expectations built up around that program of 10, 11 win football teams. Um, but to me, looking ahead to this year, you know, they've got, you know, some huge holes at wide receiver. You lose Michael Jefferson, who, um, you know, was being talked about going in the NFL draft until he had that unfortunate accident that he's still recovering from. Uh, certainly thoughts and prayers up to him. But, um, you know, Ben Wooldridge is going to be the starting quarterback for Louisiana. That that much we know. Uh, running back, they've got some really interesting pieces back there with Draylon Washington, who I think um, will be a household name by the time um, his career is over at Louisiana. Defense is where I'm really concerned. The one thing last year for Louisiana is their defense propped that football team up. They kept that team in games. Their offense did just enough. But that defense, I believe, is bringing back just three starters and they lost some massive pieces in the secondary. I mean, you're talking about all-conference guys, guys that got ended up getting drafted. Um, and the other aspect of that, too, is you look at a guy like Eric Garrer, who is the cornerback. He gets drafted. Uh, he also, you know, was huge on special teams. And they had a top 25 special teams unit a season ago, and pretty much everyone from that unit is gone. So I think this is a Louisiana team. They're trying to rebuild that talent base. I do think this is a gettable game. I, I think Louisiana can get to seven or eight wins this year just because of the talent that they have. Um, but this is not the Louisiana team that we have seen in years past. I think they're about a year away from getting back to that, though. Excellent. Yeah. Um, another W. Man. All right. This is going good. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> 
Whenever yeah. are you going to lose? That's all I want now. I'm, I'm waiting. To, well, obviously not the following week. It's another short week. Another. This is uh, another exam. You, you guys play LSU. That's a loss. <laughs> all right. We're, we're, we're only we're only talking conference games. Hey, here, Gino, all right. Well, see. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. And I guess the other loss definitely on this schedule is App State because you guys have never beat App State. That's, oh, that's, I wow. say that. But they don't do that. <laughs> we didn't even talk I about we, it. I think we're more likely to beat Louisiana State than we are to beat. App State. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, we've we, close with like that Auburn game that we played. You're right. You're we, right. We, we like show up for that game remarkably. It's like if that team showed up for every other game, we just we just went out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're 100 percent right. <laughs> yeah. So an uh, example of Sunbelt being poor scheduling is we uh, travel to Lafayette and then we travel again on a short week to the trash down south. Uh, we all have that one marked in Sharpie as a W uh, just because they despite telling us that we had no business starting football, they have not had an answer for us for the most part uh, after that, since that first game we played them in the Georgia dome, which was, you know, we talk about that, but, uh, uh, they, 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 it was their change. They got their new head coach. They're going more. They got away from that option stuff and everything. What do you think about these guys? And if you say anything other at? than, if you say anything other than Owen 12, we're going to yeah. end this interview right now. Yeah. So. yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a needle that I'm going to have to thread right here. Um, because no, I lie to us. It's yeah. Okay. I, I can, I can try. Um, because I talked about that Marshall team being a dark horse uh, in the Sunbelt East. And, and I truly believe that uh, about uh, Georgia Southern. I, I think that there is enough pieces down there. I, I love the wide receiver core there and they will put up points once again this season. I, I think a lot of people felt like maybe there would be a drop off when Kyle Vantrese uh, graduated, but I think a lot of people are really excited about Davis Brin. I actually made it down to a practice in Statesboro a couple weeks ago and uh, was very impressed with, you know, what I was seeing. I think, again, the big question mark uh, for Georgia Southern is they were not able to stop teams last year uh, for as many points as they put up. They gave them up as well. Uh, we saw that in that that game that uh, you guys would go on to beat them a season ago. Um, and so when I look at that team, I need to see improvement on defense. I'm hearing a lot of really great things. I, you know, Brandon Bailey's the new defensive coordinator. He comes over from Buffalo. Uh, he, I talked to him after practice. He feels very confident that that team is going to be better defensively. I am on record. So is Caden was saying, if that's a team that can improve by maybe 30 or 40, uh, you know, places in terms of defense, um, that that's a team that, you know, could win a lot of football games, We'll see. I think, you know, you look at them on paper, I think it could be a good year. When I look at this game, again, because it's a rivalry game, you just really cannot, you know, make a, a great prediction there. I do think you have to look at the fact that it's at home. I think that they play extremely well in Statesboro. It's going to be a ruckus crowd. Uh, I'm looking forward to attending that game, kind of getting, uh, you know, my first taste of this rivalry come October. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a fun football game. Uh, Oh well, they'll tell you that it's not a rivalry. It's yeah, that's yeah, no, it's not that, their rivalry is App State, and I'm like, yeah, because you know you actually get a chance to win games in a rivalry. So, <laughs> so uh, no, it's it's just so weird to hear someone describing a uh, a trash down South team saying that you like their set of wide receivers. That's just yes, it it's sounds... a very very strange thing yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So it, wait, was, uh, it was it was fascinating because even when I've talked with Clay Helton, he he. 
you know, he talks about the fact that he got the job uh, three weeks before the end of the season because they they decided to hire him uh, very quickly. And he said, man, when I got into that program, I looked and I'm like, holy cow, we have a Caleb Hood. Holy cow, we have a Derwin Burgess. Like, those are not guys that you expected to see in a triple option attack. Uh, and so they were pleasantly surprised. But yeah, it's, it is sometimes really weird to look down and, and look at the type of offense that Georgia Southern is after what we had come to expect for them for, you know, as long as uh, all of you guys can remember. Yeah. yeah. Now we're, we're dying to know what the practice you went to. Was it outdoors or indoor outdoor? Uh, it was, it was indoor, outdoor, I can confirm that, uh, it is not called, uh, the indoor practice facility anymore because there was enough people that said, Hey, it's not truly indoor. Cause there are not walls. Uh, but I will say, and you guys will appreciate this. Um, it is about 30 degrees, uh, colder inside that facility than it is when you walk outside into the sun. So, um, I think it's a game changer for that program. I certainly hope that that's something that Georgia State can move to in the future because it gives you extra practices that you guys can have despite the weather. Uh, I think that that's going to be a huge competitive advantage for Georgia Southern in the future. So um, I'm excited about what that means for that program. And they can park their school buses. And they can park their school buses in there. So it works out well. They can. You could make the argument slightly that it might make them weaker. <laughs> temperature change. If they're practicing every day in the 98-degree weather and the heat and the sun. That's fair. Know. Yeah, you know? but there's yeah. but there's a reason Georgia State practices at 9 in the morning. True. Yeah, because <laughs> Coach has to be off by 4 o'clock. <laughs> he's, oh, got we, late, he's got a late oh, team, we, too. We're not talking about that, Ryan? We, we don't, we, <laughs> my, my bad. I'm, I'm, in South, I'm in South Carolina right now. So. Are you with yeah. him? Are you at the lake with him? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. hanging I'm at the lake. <laughs> it's a long drive back to, to Columbia every day. No wonder he canceled on my interview with him earlier today. <laughs> yeah, we're hanging out. We're yeah. partying. Man. Drinking beers. He's feeding, me, uh, he's feeding me lines, you know? All right, so we outscore... Uh, trash down south another w on the list here heading on to uh the the purple people from jimmy madison heading down to atlanta this was a game this was a game last season that going into it we thought we were going to get our asses handed to us yeah and this was a game i was on i forget what what was i doing guys i could not watch this game i was at a wedding or something dumb like that yeah who schedules fall weddings guys Wow. My, my wife's family or friends or something. I don't remember, but I was able to watch the game, but I was following along and we were actually doing our business. And I think the third quarter, maybe it was all the way to the fourth quarter came along and uh, they scored like three touchdowns that we couldn't overcome. Uh, this is a team I don't like, and I don't have a reason to not like them. I just chose to not like them. So tell me how bad we're going to beat Jimmy Madison this year. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a tough question to answer because, you know, when I look at that James Madison team, I expect them to be good. The The track record clearly proves that year in and year out, James Madison finds a way to win football games. But as a guy who is sitting on the outside looking in, I look at a depth chart that does not have the conference's offensive player of the year from last year, Todd Santeo. They lose a, a program legend in Percy J. Obese as their number one running back. You lose your number one ride receiver in Chris Thornton, who's put up huge numbers over the last couple of years. So it's hard for me to say that that offense is going to be as good as it was a season ago. Now, when you talk to people around that program, they will tell you that they feel like that offense can be just as good as it has been. They like the quarterbacks. I think there's still a battle brewing there. My money's on Jordan McLeod starting the season as the quarterback, but I do think the leash is going to be short there because they really like Alonzo Barnett um, in that role as well. 
I do think that they have pieces. You look at a guy like Kalen Black, who can kind of replace uh, people at that running back position. Latrell Palmer, I think wide receiver is a bigger question mark for me. Defensively, though, this is going to be the same James Madison football team uh, that we saw last year. It might look a little bit differently. The stats might look a little bit different. They might not stop the run as well, but could they be better in pass protection potentially? Uh, but I think when you sit there and you look in November, you're going to say this is a very good James Madison football team. So to me, this is a very challenging game for Georgia State uh, to play. I think James Madison clearly has that track record. Again, though, if the quarterback, if they can't figure that out, if they can't solve that early on in the season, it might be an issue for them. But uh, if you look back over their history, they have clearly shown that they can develop quarterbacks. So I'm certainly not betting against Kurt Signetti in the, in the Dukes this year. All right, so Darren Granger, 25 additional pounds. He overcomes their uh, defense better than he did last year. Their offense sucks. W against <laughs> Jimmy Madison. I, I like your it. math. Man, I'd hate to be the Vegas odds makers uh, with you guys making these decisions. <laughs> I, I've, I've never left Vegas upgrading to first class. I'll put it that way, all right? <laughs> I, I, you know, David, you're not going to like this, but I have it marked as an L. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Wait, you gave us it. a loss? Y yes. I was <laughs> you, honest in my predictions. You, you guys, I mean, I mean come honest on. in we, my we predictions, be, and I have a seven and five. We, we, <laughs> we can't be that biased, guys. There there has to be at least one loss on this schedule. Look, I've yeah. never seen us beat them either, so... You know, what hey, am I true. supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I all I will tell you is I'm really disappointed. I will be uh in New Orleans that week calling the Ooh. Sun Belts women's soccer tournament. Uh, nice. and so I will not be able to pull up to that game, but it was a game that I wanted to go and pull up to and watch James Madison play. So oh well God Georgia speed. State. Godspeed to you, sir. Anytime anyone goes in New Orleans, I just have to like uh, wish them the best because that that is a complete dumpster hole. I hey, can't I'll, stand that. I, uh, <laughs> I I work I work long days during those tournaments, and uh, I go straight back to my hotel and go to bed. That's about all I want to yeah. do when I'm in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, fortunately, it's November in New Orleans. It won't be as completely hot and humid and disgusting. Yes. But still, you have to put up with all the Saints fans that are around there, and Correct. that's just a uh, difficult, very very it's difficult. Smelly mess right there. I think it's. As far yeah. as uh, James Madison's success last year, though, you see teams move up and see success like early on because they, they storm in kind of. But then all of a sudden the depth problem like gets to them for a couple seasons. And like Appy didn't didn't have that problem necessarily, but TDS did. Um, and, and, you know, you saw them like come in at the at the peak of the of the conference and then they just plummeted. And yeah. so I think that's probably the norm. And I know. do I do not see that from that James Madison program yeah. because the, the one difference there is that is a program that has clearly built for this opportunity. They waited 12 years to make this jump. Uh, they have, you know, performed at the highest levels of the FCS. You know, they've got a they've got a kid coming in next year that's a four star recruit. So they're pulling guys, um, you know, that we would not necessarily expect the facilities are as good as it gets. And you know, too, the other aspect is the, you know, the the athletic budget is 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 very large compared to most teams in the Sun Belt. So yeah. I expect to see staying power when Kurt Signetti said at Media Days a year ago that it was not a matter of, you know, when but or if but when James Madison would run this league. Uh, I believe him and I think that this is a Dukes team that's set up for a lot of success in this league and could potentially, you know, be a team down the road that maybe we're talking about as a, a CFP playoff type of team.
No, no, no. It's a W. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I honestly, I can see it too. Um, you know, I almost, I almost made a convincing enough argument to talk David out of it being a win. <laughs> There's not. If it was rational, you, you maybe, but like that's what you're thinking. That's the problem you have. There's like yes. an emotional reaction to Coastal and James Madison and TDS that that just overcomes all of that. So David well, can't really be down from that. I really noticed I, I just really hate teams with ugly colors and great color. Yeah. Here's the great thing about James Madison. Their 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 fan base is super passionate, but they're also like really nice people. So, you know, it, it, it makes for a fun game day atmosphere. Do, do they travel the streamers with, that they that they do, throw they, everywhere. do they travel with them? Do they, uh, they, they do travel pretty well, uh, honestly. Okay. They, they, they do. So I would expect to see a decent amount of uh, Dukes fans showing up in Atlanta for that game. Well, and we yeah. always have a decent turnout of opponents because we're Atlanta and there's not really anyone from Atlanta. Like everyone here is a transplant and is a fan of some other team somewhere. So there's probably a, a James Madison club. You know, oh, no, 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 Ryan, Ryan, oh, there, there absolutely is. is. There absolutely is because so, exactly. I, 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 as as you were talking about uh, uh, being not nice people and everything, Noah, uh, one one of my friend, James, nice people, nice people. Uh, one of my friends, a good friend of mine, she actually used to work for Georgia State. I did not know her when she worked for Georgia State, but she worked for Georgia State, and she's a James Madison graduate. And she wanted to schedule an, a, a watch party for the Georgia State at uh, James Madison game last year and she was trying to we, we had basketball conflicting with the game and i was trying to figure stuff out and finally i was like listen y'all are gonna have more people in atlanta watching this game at this watch party than georgia state can bring to this game i used the basketball game as my excuse for that but uh yeah i was like you guys do your own thing whatever but yeah i she, am she, i am not making any comments on the attendance at georgia state football games in this show <laughs> it's limited uh, well we will <laughs> i was i was i was asked about it from one of our newer coaches um and i i was like you know we'll we'll announce uh 20 ish uh we, but it'll be five to eight here's what i'll say about our attendance we're consistent <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's it well we, we talked about it earlier you guys about, know who um, your core fans are and, and you really we do uh, we, to we that. know them all personally and say hi to them well no i actually i, I <laughs> As someone has said, uh, one of our one of our uh, patron members had said, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm not the biggest Georgia State fan there is, but if there's a bigger fan, I know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, um, it, we we sort of touched on this earlier about like what Georgia State could bring to the table with all the students that we have, all the alumni in the area we have. It seems like every time we have a home game <clears throat> where we have people show up big time, um, like we'll we'll have like a big event, the season opener, and whatever. And we just fall short, you know. And so everybody showed up, and and we lost. And 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 we and we might have yeah. lost in an embarrassing way too. Like we did something stupid in the fourth quarter, or, or you know. And and it just is a it just deflates the fan base, I think. Or and, scheduled an FCS team. And and really, my whole strategy, right, is like just win, baby. You know, you just gotta <laughs> win. Winning, uh, right, winning solves a lot of problems. <laughs> well, yeah, we've seen across the Sun Belt teams that were top performers when they started losing their fans, like Southern. When they started coming off the cliff, their fans didn't come to their games, and they well, had I mean, attendance issues. I mean, look at look at Louisiana this past year. I mean, you know their their attendance was you know semi down, and yeah. you know there were games that that it looked a little empty there. So yeah, I mean, I think winning you know cures everything. I think you know you guys aren't playing them this year, but Texas State's a prime example of that. 
they have proven that they can bring football fans out, but they haven't won in so long that the fans don't come out. If that changes, right. suddenly Texas State might become a powerhouse in this league. So, um, you know, I, I have always said if Georgia State could start to consistently put together winning football, uh, this is a team in a program that people would enjoy watching. But it, it comes down to consistently doing that, and that is not something – uh, that they have proven that they can do year in and year out at this level. Yeah, I think uh, we've heard the word potential associated to Georgia State uh, for far too long. Actually, it makes me think now, guys, we need to actually just get a blue and white shirt that just says potential. <laughs> that's, just, that's, just, that's just it. That's just it. With a panther head? With a um, panther head on it, yeah. So, so honestly, though, it, like through the years, I, what I've witnessed is a team that performs away. Like we typically will do very well away. And I, my theory is it's because they react to the fan base, whether it's negative or positive, they're seeing those big fans. And, and that's why when we, when we go to Auburn, we we're playing up. And when we go oh. to Tennessee, we're playing up When we go to Alabama, you know, maybe a, a, away, away, but specifically the P five opponents. And yes. I don't know. I don't know how much. I mean, they've got huge stadiums with like crazy I, I loud. You know, I do not know how much of it is these P five opponents overlooking a Georgia State because I that that yeah. happens. It happens. We know sure. it happens. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, but some of our best performances in games. You mean you mentioned this earlier, Ryan? If we could get these performances we get against P five teams to play out against our conference mates and our out of conference schedule in general, you know, we would have so many more wins. Like we go to halftime with Clemson at zero zero. We were leading. Oregon or was it Washington, Washington at halftime? We, no, Washington. We, we, yeah. But we were small, we were beating Wisconsin up into the last a couple of minutes 17, of the fourth 13. quarter. Yeah, you know, we were we were a bad call away from beating Auburn. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I think yeah. fan has has a lot to do with it, and they just like. I mean, it's, you know, you you play all your games, and it's sort of in a quiet stadium, and then you go to this thing where it's like the big show. And you you play up to it. You're like, man, this is cool. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. You know, this is this is the stage. Yeah. All right. All right. We we we've we've kept Sorry. Noah here for uh, the better we part like of an hour. Let's let's much. let's knock out the last two games and let him uh, get on his way. Oh, uh, uh, so yeah, we had so we have uh, Jimmy Madison. You you said that was um, a big win. Like I think it was like forty one to seven. Hey, or something. hey, I'll save no us. Streamers. I'll save us some time at the end and just say that I think Old Dominion's a win and we'll stay right there so that we can spend more time on talking about App State. There we go, App State. <laughs> oh, we, wow, we, we, we got a win. We, we welcome the Mountaineers down to uh, the ATL. Uh, what you got? They always tailgate well down here too. They do. They do, and uh, I know that that, that is a uh, that is a game that Caden and I are both pulling up to uh, in Atlanta. That is uh, that is on our list of games to pull up to this year. I think that would be a lot of fun. They're you know they are going to bring a contingent of fans. I think that that will be a fun atmosphere uh, for that game. I told David a story right before we went on air that was that really was funny to me. We were down at Media Days uh, in July, and we were talking to the you know the Georgia State student athletes that were there and. Uh, we asked a couple of them, like, what game did they have circled on their calendar? And, you know, every one of these athletes, they're going to be coy. They're going to say the first game. Um, but it was as soon as we got off of, you know, the live portion of that interview that uh, both of the guys chimed in and said, we want to beat App State. Like, we've <laughs> never done it. Um, and so I do think there's some added motivation there. Uh, you know, this is an App State program that was down a year ago. I mean, they they go six and six. They fail to make a bowl game for the first time in their FBS history. Um, but I do think that they will be a better football team this year. I do think this is a team 
um, that will compete for a conference championship once again. I think they're an eight, nine win football team this year. For me, the big question mark for App State right now is at the quarterback position. They're still in the midst of a battle between Ryan Berger and Joey Aguilar, who transfers in the Juco product. Uh, my money's on Ryan Berger becoming the starter. And I think the biggest difference that you're going to see from App State, particularly on offense this year, is that quarterback, regardless of who it is, is going to be more mobile. It's going to create that you know dual threat ability that we have come to expect from great App State quarterbacks like a Taylor Lamb, like a Zach Thomas in the past. So I think the offense can be better, particularly if Nate Noel stays healthy. They've got a lot of really good wide receivers. And then defensively, uh, you know, they have really made a shift up front. They're recruiting bigger guys. They brought in a couple of, you know, maulers really uh, on that defensive line from the transfer portal. Uh, linebacker, I think you might see a little bit of a drop off this year when you lose a couple of guys to the NFL. Um, and then, you know, the secondary, I think, has to be improved. Caden talks to me about all that all the time because he played in that secondary. Uh, he thinks that group's going to be better. So, I think App State is going to be a lot closer to the conference championship contender that we are used to seeing than the team that failed to make a bowl game last year, making this a very challenging game. But I've said it once, I'll say it again, you play these games for a reason and, and anything can happen. Uh, at some point, the dam is going to break and Georgia State is going to win the football game. So, David, you might as well put a W on your scoreboard. <laughs> yes! Good idea. It's gonna, because oh. because well, you're going to gonna... do it either way, so you might as well just do it. But <laughs> well, uh, I do think that there is a chance here that Georgia State, if if everything comes together and with you know some of the pieces that they have, there is a chance here for Georgia State to perhaps do what many fans probably think is unthinkable. Well, you, I was, you heard it I was, here first. <laughs> I was waiting for my sound bite and you said anything can happen. I'm like, oh, good enough for me. Anything yeah, yeah, can happen. Yeah. That's another W there. Hey, all, all right. I'm saying guys is I know how to pander to my audience. <laughs> you you might need, you might need to find a new co-host when you tell them that you picked Georgia state. Yeah, I, I, I probably will. <laughs> Kate yeah, is, well, uh, he has never picked against app state in the history of the podcast. So I will kind of uh, like you guys. I'll uh, I'll create a separate a recording of the episode where you say App State wins by fifty points, and I'll send you that link so he can you can reference him <laughs> yeah. for that when he can yeah. that version yeah. of the episode. All right, so we, we all agree that we beat Old Dominion and we are done with the season with an uh, eight no record in the conference, guys. It sounds like this sounds like a East champs to me. Yeah, and then you're going to be playing South Alabama in the championship game, and heck, why not? We'll send you to the uh, the Cotton Bowl after that. Hey, look at him go! Man, wow. I like Cotton Bowl you know, bound. We, I like we that. Noah on one episode, and all of a sudden he is bleeding blue. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, so you said you're going to come down for the Appy State game. Uh, was is there another game you're making to Atlanta for? Or are you going to make it to a? I guess. Uh, trash down south you'll see us there yeah i will uh, i'll definitely make it to that game i've been looking at um you know the marshall game potentially as well it's an open date on my calendar it all kind of you know depends on my play-by-play -play schedule but that one's been interesting and then potentially making it down for troy it's just the one nice thing about atlanta for me is it's about a two-hour two drive right? and yeah. so i can get down there and watch some of these teams that i don't have to travel as far to travel to and and again, we've already talked about it on this show. The uh, the home schedules is pretty much all of the major contenders this year. Uh, and so I will probably be frequenting uh, Georgia State football games this year. Well, you're always Same. welcome at our tailgate. Yeah, yeah. You've, got, you've got my number. Hit me up. We'll yeah. uh, Our tailgate is open to you. We've got the... Uh, 
We have the tailgate pizza oven. We've got some barbecue. Okay. We got we have a chili cook off. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Well, so. I mean, fortunately for you guys, it does not sound like I have many options. So I guess I will uh, have to come to y'all's tailgate. <laughs> you know, no, I'll take it. You know, it, 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 sort of at first I was I got defensive. I was just like, man, you're not one of us. You can't say shit like that. All right. But, <laughs> you know what? You kind of are. It's, okay. it's fine. He predicted, he predicted eight. No. Oh, also yeah. as a as a play by play guy, uh, you mentioned burger for uh, for Appy State. How how do you think about the, how it sounds whenever an incomplete pass goes? That was a nothing burger. I mean, I, I could uh, I could definitely see. You guys will have to talk to Matt Stewart. Maybe he can uh, he can do that on some of y'all's broadcasts when you guys play. Excellent. Well, thank you, Noah, for coming on. Everybody, please go check out him and Caden at Frary and Smith uh, on all the all the stuff. They're they're out there everywhere. We'll link to everything in our uh, in our description. Everything. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you again. I, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I want to do it again with you sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, really enjoyed it, guys. And quick reminder that uh, Georgia State preview with uh, Coach Elliott is yeah. going to be dropping Friday on Apple and Spotify. It'll be out in the morning. So uh, make sure you and your listeners tune in. Uh, looking forward to you know talking some Georgia State football uh, with him on our tomorrow, actually. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, uh, you guys, everyone give him a follow, and we'll be sure to uh, retweet and repost all that kind of stuff as well. So <laughs> thanks a lot, Noah. I appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. You have a good night. Take Cheers. care. Appreciate you coming on. Bye. That's it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at State of Atlanta or on Facebook at facebook.com slash State of Atlanta. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, please rate and review us on your podcast app. Thank you very much and go Panthers.